the Askell Primary Leaders Podcast with Tiff Harris. Hello everyone and welcome to another primary podcast. My name is Tiff Harris. I am the Askell Specialist for Primary and also for Data and Accountability and today I am delighted to be sat in our virtual room with Helen from GL Assessment. Hi Helen. Hi Tiff. This is a primary podcast but I think this is a podcast that can and should be shared with secondary school leaders too if you can do share this pass it on i will certainly be sharing this via twitter and i know that helen and the gl team will be too because this podcast is focused on transition isn't it helen yeah yeah absolutely and we've just had a chat about what we're going to talk about today and um interestingly we, we spoke at the end about getting it right in transition and we've just said that actually can you ever get it right in transition and and what could schools do to make it better and just to sort of keep an eye on that and, and acknowledge that perhaps some changes do need to be made in some schools but you shouldn't really aim for perfection you should just listen to advice listen to research um, maybe keep a focus on some best practice and that's what Helen's here to talk about today so I'm not going to take any more time away from Helen. Helen could you introduce yourself your background obviously because we're always interested in uh, what you've done prior to working at GL and then talk about the research that you've done on transition and then I'll ask you a few more questions later. Of course so um my name is Helen Robinson and I'm Head of Training and Assessment Insights at GL Assessments at the moment. Um, I guess my journey begins uh, probably in sixth form, I suppose. Um, I had no idea what I wanted to do with my life, so I chose a course that sounded interesting and I went to study neuroscience at university. Um, I, I had missed the offers that I'd received from universities and things, so uh, had to sort of quickly scramble something together but luckily I got into my second choice at university as I say to study neuroscience. Um, end of that degree still didn't know what I wanted to do so I went for something that sounded interesting again. <laughs> I did uh, I did a master's in cognitive neuroscience and neuroimaging. Uh, at the end of that I still didn't know what I wanted to do, common theme here I think you'll find. Um, so I then did a PhD in development of the brain um, at the end of that, I had come to the realisation that I really wanted to teach. I wanted to be a part of bettering young people's lives, educational outcomes, opportunities, um, obviously studying the development of the brain. I've come into contact with many young people. Um, so I then trained through Teach First, did a PGCE, stayed in this uh, lovely school um, in Derby for a few years. And then an opportunity presented itself to become an education advisor. Um, it was a really tough decision for me, actually, because I um, I didn't consciously want to leave the classroom. But it is what ended up happening. And I'm really glad I did because um, I now have the opportunity to have an impact on so many schools uh, around the world. Mm. So that's really exciting. Um, and obviously, I have the joy of, of working on some great projects at GL Assessments such as this one so um the transition um survey that we commissioned with YouGov in april of this year we surveyed just over a thousand primary and secondary school teachers and leaders 
Um, and it effectively, what we were hearing was that um, those who we spoke to had deep concerns for transition this year. The sort of constant disruption during the pandemic, as well as the after effects, were obviously contributing to a particular set of challenges that schools were really concerned about. Um, but of course, as ever, schools were going to extraordinary lengths to prepare and ensure that children have the best possible start to their secondary education. Great. Thanks, Helen. Now, those of you that know me or followed me on Twitter or um, know what I do, um, Atasca will know that transition is, is, is a thing that I've been talking about a lot. And in fact, it's something that um, it's an area that I used to lead on when I was in school um, a few years ago. It's always tough, I think, to get it right. And I've often said, you know, some schools that think they're getting it right spend a lot of time, man hours, maybe collecting evidence information. As I've said before, driving around, collecting books, collecting the best piece of work, trying to find the right way to do it. And however you invest, it's not always effective. I've spoken to Helen in the background, you know, before we, we did this live, and we talked about the importance of, of transition and why it's important. And this year, more than any other year, I know that Helen's going to talk about um, that it's it's important in, in a normal year and this year more than ever. And she also spoke about, you know, going going to big school. And, and it's really interesting mm -hmm. that you say that because um, I've got a daughter, um, I've got a year five daughter, she's going into year six. And, you know, if I said big school to her, she'd sort of laugh that off because she doesn't, think that you know, she thinks she's 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 tougher than that um but actually this is a massive move emotionally psychologically you know with hormones and everything else you know it, it it's it's quite a traumatic time for children even if they don't know it until they get there isn't it for all those reasons and i will shut up helen but it's also very traumatic <laughs> for schools too isn't it to to get it right to make sure that they're doing the best for those children that are moving and, and getting the best information about those kids so that they can make their time at secondary school as effective as possible. Nobody really has the perfect answer, do they? But you do have some snippets of advice and information now that might just help school leaders. Is that correct? Yeah, and I, I think before we go into that, it, it's so useful to just stop mm. and break down exactly what, what we're talking about when we talk about transition, because it's so easy to gloss over us. It's a word that we hear a lot, um, yes. and I'm certainly guilty of, of when I was a teacher, thinking of it quite sort of as a bigger picture, you know, or we, yeah, like I said earlier, kids going to big school. Yeah, it's a lot of change, but actually when you break that down, you know, You've got some real physical changes around them. They're, they're in a much bigger space. They're having to go through room changes. Their social network around them is changing. The friendship groups are different. They've got bigger classes to find themselves in, mm -hmm. to navigate themselves through different teachers throughout the day, of course. Um, the emotional aspects, you know, anxieties around who they're going to meet, how, you know, what they're going to do at lunchtime, getting lost. That can have a huge impact on the rest Absolutely. of the, not just the rest of the day, but the rest. And that's of the week. just in a normal year, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, exactly. As you say, that's that's in a normal year, a, mm. a fundamental change in everything children know about school. 
and particularly for those students where school has been the most stable thing in their lives. So add on to that the effects of the pandemic, the, you know, like I said earlier, the constant disruption, as well as the after effects that are contributing to that this particular year. And, you know, I, I just don't think we can underestimate the impact that uh, a successful transition or unsuccessful transition can can mm. potentially have on pupils. But um, certainly in, in our survey, we, we found that um, eight in 10, around eight in 10 teachers and leaders said that in, they believe that incoming year sevens will be unprepared e either academically, emotionally or socially for secondary school. Um, of those talking about what they were going to be doing about it, we found that 70% were planning to lay on additional support to address gaps in learning. And that included 20% planning early morning or after school classes. So, you know, it's, it's apparent that obviously schools are so stretched already and they're still planning to go above and beyond. Mm. Schools have anticipated the issues, they're preparing, they're, they're rising to the challenge again. Um, and the, the range of measures that they're planning to put in place is a real indication of the extent of the challenge that may lie ahead. Um, so as well as those additional um, classes before or after school, around a third were planning to implement a more comprehensive reading programme. And 46% uh, of, of teachers, rising to around, I think, 74% of principals, uh, said that their schools are planning to offer more pastoral and emotional support. So for those, for those of you using PASS, our um, People Attitudes to Self and School Survey, you'll be able to identify areas of need, um, understand where you can target that additional support, use the free online interventions toolkit that comes with that for ideas and strategies tried and tested that, that you can apply either individual, um, whole class or, or whole school level. And, you know, the importance of reading across the curriculum, again, cannot be understated, really. It cannot be underestimated. And if you think about all of those changes that children are going through as they join the new school, um, if they don't have the skills to, for example, read the timetable that they're mm. given, that's going to have a huge impact on how they navigate through this transition. Um, think about homework diaries. How much of that is written for, for children? How much of that is accessible if, if your reading skills aren't there? Um, we, we have an assessment new group reading test, NGRT, and that can also uh, obviously help you to really target um, how you're going to implement a more comprehensive reading program, you know, where you're going to target that effort. Um, the sentence completion section will be mm. um, help you to understand vocabulary gaps. The reading comprehension section or, or phonics, if, if students are struggling in the assessment, they, they would drop down into the phonics section. If you're taking the digital assessment, then it would adapt. Um, so it can really help you identify the students who are going to most benefit from, mm. from that support. Um, simply reading more may be ineffective. You, you need to understand um, a, a vast proportion of the words that you're reading in order to comprehend the text. So I think it's something like 95% of the words. So if you don't yet have that vocabulary to begin with, simply reading more is not necessarily going to lead to an increased um, acquisition of vocabulary. Thanks, Helen. So the reason I'm just jumping in here is because um, 
ASCAL have worked very closely with GL assessment for, for some time and I know that it's also been a, a, I suppose a passion, a focus, a, a need of GL to really develop this area of what you do isn't it? You know you, you've been trying to get it right or to support schools and school leadership for quite a while in, in, in um, you know when I say products I don't mean we're not trying to sell things here no we're just trying to, it, it's that it's the method of how how do you try and consolidate this information about children coming through and 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 do something with that information and we know that sats is is not always enough and you know the qla information is is not always enough you know cat testing i know i know you know it, it, there's other things that that you that you can do isn't there and and that's and that's really what you're what you're talking about here is how do you how do you filter that information from the children coming through don't you know to to direct them best is that is that what you're what you're talking about here definitely so uh, again go, going back to the survey two-thirds of those who took part in the survey said that they doubt the reliability of SATs this year so yeah not only do we have children starting secondary school who in a normal year we would be deeply concerned about um and we have particular concerns about this year mm. But we're also concerned that the, the data that's following them in secondary school is going to be limited, potentially misguided. So certainly with, with CAT, our cognitive abilities test, mm -hmm. you can gain a real insight into your pupils' abilities as, as they join your school, quite independently of learned content um, and, and language acquisition. CAT taps into the four main types of ability known to make a difference to learning mm -hmm. and achievement. So it allows you to understand the hidden strengths or weaknesses that might not be and, and generally are not uncovered in the classroom through traditional forms of assessment that would mm. rely heavily on verbal reasoning. And that's only one aspect of, of CAPFOR. As I say, it assesses the four main types of ability known to make a difference to learning and achievement. Because we you've got you've got a lot of information from this, didn't you? And I've asked I'm asking you to do something quite difficult now. And <laughs> um, in that in that huge piece of research. What are the what are the main pieces of, of interesting information that you think is worth sharing today? So I, I think it is that two thirds doubt the reliability of mm. this year. Um, it brings into question what robust, reliable data we've got. Mm -hmm. um, you know, how can you act quickly to ensure a successful smooth transition mm. if you doubt the data that you've got, the information that you've got? And, you know, data is extremely useful. It can summarise a lot of information in just a few numbers, but if you doubt that data, it's fairly useless. So it becomes extremely difficult to understand what you can do about it. So used wisely and with understanding, certainly our assessment data, which is robust and reliable, can absolutely change educational trajectories um, but I think it's about using data really strategically. So first of all, having that grounding in trusting the data that you mm. have got, that's key. And then it's about using the data strategically. So what are you using this piece of data for? Who needs to know about it? Cascading that in school, ensuring that the people who need to know about it do know about it. Mm. Who's going to do something with it? Do they know this? Do they know what it means if they are going to be doing something with it? Do they know what it doesn't mean? That's also really key. Yeah. Do they know how to act upon it? And I need a team of former teachers who, I mean, our, our mission is helping schools yeah. to make sense of their data, to turn that data into meaningful in-school action, 
so that student staff benefit from from that data um yeah. turning it into translatable action is is so important and, and that's why i refer to things like the pass online intervention toolkit yeah. which really helps you to take that information off the page and turn it in, into action that will impact positively on on pupils and with ngrt using that to inform a more comprehensive reading program if that's what you're planning to do because sitting an assessment is only the start point of a journey if that's all that you do then that assessment data is effectively mm. useless and worse than that it's been a waste of people's time a waste of kids time so it's really important that you consider that cycle and that strategy around the data but first and foremost you've got to be able to trust the data that you've got right so so helen there's going to be different types of leader listening to this and let's assume that um these are primary or secondary leaders that they're listening into this and they're either they're either thinking that we've we've done the same thing for years and years and I'm listening to this just out of interest but I'm not really going to change anything um, because we're, we're too entrenched in what we already do well there's another middle the middle option is those that have introduced some methods probably want to change a few not sure where to go or there's the brand new leader to, to this that's you know started for the first time in September listening to this thinking right I, I need to overhaul what we do if I was one of those leaders listening to listen to you now, we often forget, don't we, Helen, when we were in school ourselves, just how um, demanding the, the new term suddenly becomes and trying to make a difference and everything else that's that's there in front of us and, and often thinking, you know, I, I don't know where to start. What what would you do just to, to, to very simply break it down? What what would you do now? I'm, you know, if I'm the leader listening to this thinking that sounds great, Helen, but I don't know where to start with this. Is it too late, for example, transition? Is it too late for September? Is this is this something that should be considered um, for, for, for a new cycle for the current year sixes? What what should I do? Really good question. I I mean, there's always something that you can do. Yeah. And the best advice I can give from from the experience I have talking to schools, lots of schools, some some who feel they've got it right, some who feel they, they haven't start small make it manageable whatever you're doing make it manageable don't try and do too much at once make it manageable build ensure you've got the time and the expertise to do something well and consider it fully um on top of that transition as we said earlier is a challenge every year not just this particular year so any time money effort that you invest this year will still be well placed in years to come. So starting small this year, absolutely, you can build in years to come. Um, and that can be a part of a, a bigger plan in years to come. It's not going to be wasted time, money or efforts to do something this year. Um, and, and it's certainly never, never too late to do something. Even if you're thinking something small that you can do every day at school. Let's not forget the importance of talking, you know, re researchers shown that a talk gap early on in life leads not just to language and vocabulary gaps but reading and maths gaps so it, again in this particular year lack of socializing during the pandemic mm. there's huge lack of talk during that time as well talking with different peers teachers um talk is a well-established solution for improving vocabulary so even something as small as just just talking could be something that makes a difference okay Thanks, Helen. 
Um, what I didn't tell our listeners at the beginning, and I, I forgot to do that, I'm really sorry, is that this is um, part of a, 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 not really a series as such, but we um, did a free webinar for ASCAL members approximately two weeks ago, which you can find access to on our um, website on transition, which was um, alongside GL and um, a couple of other colleagues who came along to support that. So it, it was it was examining some areas of um, transition that, that that could be done now and could be done um, ready for a new cycle. So do check that out if you haven't watched that already. There's also a new blog on ASCO's website on transition that followed on from the webinar. We actually said in the webinar that it would start with a webinar, then a blog, and then finally this podcast with Helen. So what Helen's saying now is um, has been some information has been given um, in, in other forms. So do check those out. And if you don't know where to find them or you listen to this for the first time, just either follow me on Twitter because it's on there and I'll share this podcast on there as well. Or go on to Askel Twitter feed or Askel website or follow Helen or follow GL Assessment. And all of this will be shared on there over um, the next few days. Um, Helen, we're coming towards the end now. We, we've talked about the importance of transition. We've talked about the research. We've talked about um, is it too late strategies good advice um, I want to ask you two more things if that's okay and then you can put in anything else that um, I've not asked you into that if you <laughs> think it's important um, the first I'm going to give them you give them you both together really um, so you can start thinking about the answers the first one is what else can our leaders do and, and the reason I, I ask that is lots of leaders like to know if there's anything else that they can read any other research that's out there is there anything that's not focused on transition that's focused on other aspects that or something that you've read that you just think is interesting to support leadership in schools generally um could you could you tell us about and, and then when you finish that I'm, I'm i'll say goodbye because i'm going to give you the final words so once you've finished talking about what else i've, I've put that <laughs> under that title um <laughs> then i'll say goodbye and um I'll give you the final words if that's if that's okay. Whatever advice you, or the final words you want to you want to give to our listeners today. So, um, anything else? Books? Anything else that they could do? So, I would really recommend if you are using any of our assessments. As I said, my team, all former teachers, really experienced um, all about helping schools to understand their data, make meaningful use of their data. Um, we offer free online on-demand training, lots of videos that, that you can find on our support website. You can obviously access them at any time of the day and think okay. back to when I was teaching, that would have been very <laughs> useful. Uh, sitting and marking, for example, have them on as well. Um, we've also got the assessment insights team where, where you can book a one-to-one -one data consultation. All of this is, is completely free. We're just simply passionate and really dedicated to making sure that schools have the support they need, as I say, to understand the data properly, to understand how they can analyse it, interpret it, what conclusions they can draw and how that can impact action in their schools. So please do reach out to us. As I say, if you are using our assessments, that free support is there. And I know how much schools value that free service um, incredibly absolutely um 
in terms of books, I would really recommend Alex Quigley's um, Vocabulary Gap, Writing Gap, Reading Gap. They're all brilliant. Um, also, Richard Selfridge and James Pembroke, if you haven't come across their books, Data Busting for Schools, Data Proof Your School, some really brilliant um, thoughts in there about how you can build that that strategy around your data and mm. common pitfalls, thoughts that you, you might not have considered yet um, based okay. on their extensive experience as well. Thanks, Helen. So I'll, I'll, I'll go now. I'm just going to say goodbye to all of our listeners. Now, if you're listening to this, um, in in the next few days, then I, I'm going to wish you all the very best for the new term. I do know that some of our podcasts um, are, are listened to months and months afterwards. So you may be listening to this in the summer of 2023. And if you are, then that's great. I wish you all the very, very best. Um, whatever you're doing, then please stay with us. Stay in touch with Askell, listen to our podcast, check our website out, follow us on Twitter. And I wish you a very, very successful year ahead. And I'm now going to hand over to Helen and her dog to do the final <laughs> words. And um, thanks very much for joining us, Helen. And as soon as you finish, I will cut you off. So uh, thank you very much, everybody, for listening today. Helen, over to you. Thanks to Tiff and Askell for hosting this podcast. And thanks to everyone listening. I hope it's provided an opportunity to reflect on the challenges of transition that, as we said earlier, are present every year, but magnified this particular year. And I also hope it's provided reassurance that educators are feeling the same strains around transition and that it's never too late to start building your transition strategy. My key piece of advice after seeking out data you can trust share information effectively in school and plan for how that information will be used to really understand your pupils and really inform teaching and learning. Do check out the full report from our transitions survey as well as the webinar and the blog that Tiff mentioned earlier. Uh, it's all available on, on our website um, or through ASCL. Just Google GL assessment transition conversation and best of luck for the academic year ahead. The Askell Primary Leaders Podcast with Tiff Harris.